And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. You have not mentioned a single player that I would even consider drafting yet in this entire show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite show in the whole wide world. It's Under the Radar. A very special edition of Under the Radar today. Um, Ian's not here. Even though, like, if I'm like, hey, you know, I, I don't think I can make the show. He's like, there's no way we're doing the show without. We're all for one. One. Uh, uh, <laughs> so Ian just dipped to go do something with some three letter organization. I don't even know. Like, he just, he, I think he just put three letters down, and he's like, I gotta, gotta meet with them. So in, in his place, we got a sub, and a sub we've been talking about for a while. But first, let me bring in Derek Van Ryba. Hey. I'm glad we brought somebody in with acting experience. It's really important to maintain balance on the show. Yeah, as we were about to start, he's like, let me tell you about my movie deal. Let's save it for the show. <laughs> uh, so a man who needs no introduction but sent me like a 10-paragraph introduction that I, he wanted me to read for him anyway. Um, a little disappointing. I thought DVR has been uh, pushing so much uh, against having him on the show for about two years now um, because he's so anti-four-man booth. I think it's just time that we bring him on. Say hello, everybody, to Mike the Mouth. Mike Masada, what's up, man? Pretty good, Nando. I, I give that about a five on a scale of one to ten. I mean, you should have read the entire intro I sent you, but it, it's fine. You said you needed no introduction. Oh, I'm sorry. One of the greatest all-time high-stakes players in the entire world. He's got the same Zoom background as Chris Vaccaro, who he claims is his hero. Mike <laughs> the Mouth. A man so big in the high-stakes industry, he has several drafts named after him. And uh, Greg and Tom allow that to happen. <laughs> Mike, we actually met, we met after, so uh, the legend of Mike the Mouth, uh, I knew before because I was doing a high stakes draft with Vaccaro and you were setting up your private table in the back where everyone got like gift bags, I think like copies of a book. Um, I believe you had Lisa Ann was like the celebrity uh, draft caller auctioneer. Um, but I looked over there, I'm like, Carol, man, they're getting gift bags? He's like, yeah, it's a Mike the Mouth draft. I'm like, all right, tell me about it. You were calling them little Easter baskets. You were, like, all happy because you wanted one yourself, so I got you a basket. So you were all happy. I never got It never made its way to me, Mike. Yes, a, lot of, a lot's changed over the years with the MTM drafts. With uh, Lisa Ann is no longer with us. I don't mean, like, dead. I just mean, like, dead to me, which is a whole different story. But that's that's, that's fodder for another show uh, as we go into that. But, uh, yeah, that, that was about a seven. Now, you got to do about a seven on that. You know, the, the godfather. You know, you're the godfather of a show. Because I know Ian, I know you get even Ian to show off. He is the great talent on the show, and it's unfortunate he's not with us today. Because he is the he is the the rock, the anchor, the talent of the show. And I'm sorry he's not on here. And I'll tell you why I'm buttering him up like a New York Viali in a little while. But uh, but that'll that's for another part of the show. Oh, thank you for that tease. Well, I'm better with the outro. I'll get you a ten outro. Okay. Um, DVR, how come you didn't want Mike the Mouth on the show for so long? I'll answer that question for him because he wanted to keep his job, basically, is what, <laughs> at the Athletic. You know, the Big guy deal. just wins a major award. Like, I mean, By the way, congratulations for winning that award, uh, DVR. I, get, I sent you my congrats. So you figured that that Thank show you. won the award, so all bets are off now. He can do whatever he wants now. He's got artistic license to do whatever he wants on this show. <laughs> yeah, DVR, how does that feel, man? Award-winning Derek Van Riper. I mean, it's a team award, so I, I'm sharing that with Eno Saris and Britt Chiroli, but it uh, feels good. And Mike guaranteed that this show will win the award 
because of this episode, which sets the bar very, very high. Yeah, I mean, for, for a guy who claims he's so great at these podcasts, Mike's comes in a little scratchy, and uh, <laughs> he said he didn't want to talk about Greg Bird first, so we got to flip the whole rundown. This this will be the highest rated show in athletic podcasting history by the time it, by, after it's released. It will be that. That's that's the bar I'm setting right now for you, DVR. Just so you know that. All right. Sounds like we're gonna get a lot of those uh, four second listens. Like, oh, we have ten thousand four second listens from Malaysia. <laughs> mysteriously we bought listeners for one yeah. episode where did that come from the analytics team reaches out like dvr how did you get 100 million people to listen to this podcast i, I don't know mike the mouth went on fiverr.com yeah do you do you, you guys talk about like this like i know technology or something like that you know you give me it's a miracle i have a microphone <laughs> anything you know I, I, I'm, I'm old, bro. You guys, I don't look it, but you know, I mean, there's this, this, this is no way. It's a miracle that I have all this stuff. So take what you got. That's the way it is. Like I, so I had a bunch of questions lined up for you. Um, I want to, I want to talk to you in a little bit about how, uh, how you're putting up your own money to get people into the high stakes leagues, and maybe how some of our listeners could possibly get in on that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I wanted to lead because, like, you know, like I know it's it's all fun and games, and like you know, your big personality on Twitter. Um, but you are like a legitimate smart hardcore like you know hang with rob silver fantasy baseball guy and i want to ask this question for you because you're coming on the show and you're telling everybody you want to first of all we're the we're the first stop on the mike the mouth podcast tour and we're very flattered and honored um but like you you basically i I just want to know like you're a good you're a good fantasy player a lot of high stakes players don't like coming on shows before the season because they don't want to reveal their players they like and their their kind of their biases and everything and i've always kind of been like you know what if someone wants to snipe a guy from me or go like an extra two bucks in an auction, they're kind of screwing themselves because they're messing up their team just to spite me. Um, I don't know if that's your philosophy or you just you know have a devil don't care attitude, but like, what it, like what is it with you that a lot of these high stakes players don't have where you're like I don't care I'll come on and talk about anybody and tell you what I feel about them. Yes, I think my devil may care attitude just kind of beals above attention right now, but. Um... Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not. I've heard, you said you made a good point. If if people are coming on here, listen to me to find out what I'm going to do in my drafts, then, then you know you're you're just going down the wrong path. But you know I don't. I'm not going to give away the farm today. I won't tell you that much for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean you got to be. If I'm going to talk, you know the crap that I. First of all, is there a censor button going to be in post production, or am I allowed to say whatever I want to say? There's going to be beep. The DVR is nodding that there's going to be a sensor button. So uh, at this point, so I, if, if something slips out, DVR, you're going to have to just beep it out later. Okay. I'm just sorry. Uh, but uh, that's just Jersey. We use the F word every other, every other sentence in Jersey, you know how it is. And, um, but, uh, but if you're going to talk this, you know, talk this crap that I talk, you better be able to back it up, you know, walk the talk. So yeah, I talk a lot of crap, but the whole idea is, you know, you go out and bring it. You know, I want. I, I think there should be more personalities in fantasy baseball because it's. It's. I think it's the best fantasy sport by far that's out there. It's a thinking man's fantasy sport. You know, you can't. You have to be. You know, I think a pretty smart person to be able to play, especially at the level of the National Fantasy Baseball Championship, which is, you know, look the best by far. That I mean, I give Greg and Tom a lot of crap, and I, you know, that's out there. But uh, it's a, it is the best contest going. I mean, and I know you compete in it. I think oh, you should. You make the vague attempts to compete in it, Nando. I think DVR does as well. We'll talk about your draft, your drafting strategies later, DVR, in the show. But uh, yeah, but when you and you and when you win in those leagues, you've you know you're beating the best players in the world. At this point, and I've had some success, and I've gotten I've made myself into a better player because I think when you first get in the NFBC, um, a lot of people get their asses kicked. That's what happens. Happened to me in the beginning too. It's a wake up call. Oh, dude! I back when I was this like Wall Street Journal days, like 20, 2008, 2009, Greg and Tom gave me uh, a free entry 
uh, into, you know, just come check it out, jump in one of these leagues. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'll, I'll take these guys down. I'm an expert. And I got smoked, man. Uh, it's like, you're, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. These guys are putting up $1,500 each. Uh, <laughs> they're putting a little research. Didn't in you there. help write the book? I think you, you, were, you were famous for a, a fantasy book, weren't you? I was a research assistant on Fantasyland. Yes, I read that book. And that's part of the one many, many years ago. Nando, just so you know that. I read the book and I was like, who the hell is this Nando guy? Very ethnic dude in his book. This guy hired you. So it's pretty cool. You know. I appreciate you pronouncing it correctly, man. That's all. Yeah, man. Works. We're, we're, we're all the paisans, man. It's, it, that's it. So That's right. That's if I can't pronounce an Italian name right, I'm going to lose my Italian card. That's going to be it. So, but uh, yeah, man. So, yeah, so just going out there and, you know, the live events, you know, being there. I mean, it's the World Series of Poker kind of, you know, environment when you're doing these live events. And I always like to make it be like a, a social thing and, 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 you know, go all out, whether we're doing big, big parties in Vegas or, you know, live events in New York. And, you know, 10, this will be the 10th anniversary of this year in Manhattan of the MTM Ultimate, which is a, a $5,000 entrance fee, $40,000 league prize. I'm one of two players in the league in 10 years that have won it twice. Uh, in the league, the other one being Joe Thielen, who's about ninety years. Oh, you've won your own league. That's now uh, I know why DVR wanted you on here. Right. You two create leagues so you can win them, yeah, basically. Well, well, I mean, I look the first, the first. That's no slouch league. The first year we had that league in, in that the players in that league, we had about set, three quarters of a million dollars in lifetime earnings sitting around that table, and a couple of Hall of Famers are there. So it's not a, no slouch league any, every year too. So it's a, that's a great good time, and it's like we it's like a home league feel for you know. Uh, Ford Knox kind of uh, investment, <laughs> but it's a, it is, it is a great time when you win that league. And, you know, plus, you know, I do have four or five main events every year. I do a lot of other, other leagues this year. We're premiering the two first time ever $2,500 uh, uh, draft and hold DCs. So this is the first time ever we're going to have a, a $2,500 entry fee for super DC, which is a $20,000 first prize, 15 players in the league. So pretty cool stuff. DVR, you haven't said anything at all this show. Go, go ahead, man. I was just thinking about the higher stakes DCs, right? The draft and hold format is fun. Like for me, it's a great prep for main events or online championships. Like no matter what you play, it forces you to just dig into the depths of the player pool and you could start them up you know, early in draft season. But without in-season moves, Mike, it really never occurred to me that you'd want to make that a higher stakes format. So I think that's the craziest of the leagues you play and you play in some legitimately really difficult leagues with unbelievably high stakes for a person like me but what compelled you with the draft and hold format to go to that next level well if you haven't figured out i'm a little off my rocker if you figured that out uh, dvr <laughs> over the years uh, i think you have um but I, i'm a kind of guy who likes to push the envelope a little bit and you know throw it out there i mean the pl there's a platinum draft in the nfbc but it doesn't get a lot of because it's, it's kind of one of those dark web kind of events that no one wants to talk about because it's not out there on registration you know uh but it's like that was like a, that's a fifteen thousand dollar entry fee uh, that the people put up to you know win i forget the 125 i want to say for the first prize so i mean that's a that's a true lottery, amazing lottery ticket if you pull that one off and, and i that was one of the ones i pushed many years ago i was in the first platinum ever with a partner you know way 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 back when haven't done it since the beginning um i look aspire to do so again but i just like to play in more other leagues and diversify so, so i don't lop it on the one league um but uh, that's that's you know that's how far they go up to so i push for that and greg's oh that's not going to happen i said have the feel of dreams mentality. You put it out there, they will come. And sure enough, they fill up the, the platinum draft. Well, the DC, same thing. I got the okay, but I put it out there. I had that league filled in less than 24 hours. You know, I didn't have to make one text, one uh, reach out to one person. People lined up for it, man. They, they love the thrill of the competition and challenge themselves. And yeah, when you're going to lay that kind of money out and, and draft, like I said, 50 
players and that's it. That's what you got to work with for the entire season, man. You better know your stuff. You better know your player pool and know and cover yourself and no strategy. And yeah, it's a whole different angle. Yeah. So I, I agree with you, man. It's not for the faint of heart. Uh, all right. Mike mouth. Um, uh, by the way, you can follow him at Godfather NFBC if you're so inclined, if you're enjoying what you hear. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Show Don't Tell. So I think we've done a lot of telling. Uh, let's do a little showing. Um, let's 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 tap in some people who are listening. You know, they they get they hear the personality. I think they they get some meat on here, man. Like let's talk some players. Uh, DVR wants to know what he did wrong in the Mike the Mouth DC League in January. Um, I, DVR, did you put these in here? The things you thought you did wrong, or were you saying where where Mike is already kind of taking a look at your team and kind of crapped on it. No, so I just dropped in the first 15 rounds or so. just So the foundation was fresh. I mean, I had the second pick. So I went Tatis, Flaherty, Albies in the first three rounds. Aaron Judge over Randy Arozarena was something I did that I regretted almost immediately. And I still regret it, I think, a month later. Uh, Sonny Gray, Jordan Alvarez, Max Muncy, Nick Anderson, Chris Bryant, and then Victor Robles, who I think I've got everywhere. So that was my first 10 I think I've got this format down enough to realize that you can't take on too much playing time risk. Without in-season moves, you obviously need guys in the late, late rounds especially who just have a job, who are going to play. You can't get prospect happy. You can't take on too much injury risk. You'll end up with zeros. You end up with zeros. You're not going to win. But within that foundation, did I have enough balance? Or did I just completely throw away 150 bucks in that league last month? You're asking me that question? Oh, he doesn't value my opinion. He doesn't ask me anything. <laughs> Nando, there's a reason why I didn't ask you. I've seen your dress, Nando. Okay, I, I'm, I'm on a four-year winning streak. Yeah, of what? With who? With, with Vicaro helping you out? With Vicaro. Yeah. yeah Vic- well, I'm helping Vicaro out. That's how I like to think about yeah, it. Vicaro. Needs- Wait, no. Wait, no. You had it right the first time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a football guy, you got to help. You got to help the guy out, man. So. It's a, it's a <laughs> I sat next. The funny story is, I, I sat next to Vicaro one time in the main event. Like I was drafted. I had the one pick in that main event. And he was two, and all. <laughs> All he did is it was, it was the most miserable experience of his entire life. You know, I'm sitting next to him, like busting his balls, taking his picks the whole time and whatever. We just went back and forth the whole time. But he's, he's a good guy. Bust his shots. But it, was, it was just funny. because I didn't know, you know, who he was at the time. We were just sitting next to me. And it was like, you know, that's the kind of drill you don't want to have sitting next to me during a draft. Because I, I like to talk, you know, some crap during a draft. List will tell you that, too. You know, Chris List. Oh, yeah. Vicaro, no, man. Vicaro is like blinders on. Like, dude, like, do not. Do not talk to me extraneously unless it's about this pick we're about to make. Exactly. In in 30 right. minutes. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so when you're on a one-minute clock live, that's a whole different experience, right? Like that. <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't help when someone's in your ear, like, chattering and giving you a hard time and whatever. But, uh, but uh, no, when we did this Zoom a little bit, we did this draft a little bit Zoom, which was fun, to DVR, which was what we did a good uh, – so we got to see all DVR's reactions of disgust Every time someone sniped him or took a pick or he he blow, I love I love guys like DVR. Like he when they make a bad pick, they know immediately. He's like, Ugh. you know, he knew that right away when he made the pick. You know, he was commenting on my picks, and that's that was a draft I started. Yelich, Bichette, uh, Devers, Glassnow, you know, Framber Valdez, which he once talked about. I was Chapman, and uh, so from there, so he was like, oh, good pick, good pick, good pick, and then we get to his picks. He doesn't like his picks. Yeah, that's how it goes. But uh, so, you know, you can't go wrong with Tatis to start off with. I mean, Flaherty, you could debate. You could have taken Luis Castillo was still available there. You could have taken Castillo over over Flaherty. I might have went that in direction instead. And, you know, no, no, no qualms about Albies. But then you then you destroyed. You started tanking your draft around round four with the judge pick, you know, <laughs> over, uh, you know, you got to go big or go home DVR in these drafts. Come on, man. What, what, what is the where's the upside for, 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 for Aaron Judge? You can't stay on the field. 
You know, I mean, he's not, not everybody can be like me and take roids and perform so well. You know, Judge can't, can't take the roids. It doesn't work with him. So, you know, that's why he's like 290 pounds and, you know, and get injured all the time. You know, too many problems. So what, what was your thinking there? I think that he still has that crazy high power ceiling. The problem, though, is that you start to run out of guys that can get you 20-plus bags who have a pretty good hold on their job, right? I mean, you can find some players that are more like Judge in the middle rounds. You could find a, maybe a Fran Mil Reyes who pops 40 in a good year. That's the problem I have with that pick. Randy Rosarena is risky. We're talking about a guy that had fewer than 100 plate appearances in the regular season, was obviously great in the playoffs. My concern with the Rosarena is that teams didn't have enough time to really figure him out. And I think he's going to go through a pretty pretty gross adjustment phase, at least early in 2021. How quickly he adjusts to what they start throwing at him early in the season will determine whether or not he's a great pick in that round three, round four range, or if he's actually one of the bigger busts inside the top 50, top 60 overall this year. Do you talk about Fran Romes, the guy I got in the 12th round, which you could have in the 12th round in, instead, that guy? <laughs> right. All right, that guy? Yeah, but so here's yeah. the thing about Randy Rosarena, and I, and I see a lot of stuff. Well, you can't, you can't get him in the 12th round if you got a DVR in your draft, though, to be fair. I mean, a couple of those guys show up, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm ruined. But uh, but no, but the, the thing about a Rosarena, like, and here's the thing. I mean, if you watch baseball a little bit, and I watch a ton of baseball, like, like nonstop uh that's my thing and um you know you saw him in the postseason and like he's you have to remember he's doing this against the best pitching right pitching in the major leagues at the time right you're not you're not going against anybody's fifth starter you know during these leagues and you can see the guy making adjustments that bat speed the adjustments he's made in his swing the exit a lot there's so many it wasn't like he's a some kind of no-name prospect either you know, and I saw glimpses of him with the Cardinals against the Mets, and I saw him hit a couple. It was a game. I think he hit a couple of homers, sold a couple of bags. I'm like, who's this dude? So the guy's got that in him, right? And you know, last year people were drafting Louis Robert, you know, and it's not Lou Bob. So if I hear anybody say the word Lou Thank Bob you. anymore, freaking, I'm like, <laughs> just because you're a fan of the Seattle, this doesn't make you be a. I saw making up nicknames. I said, I, I just love you to go walk up to Lewis Robert one day in public and say, Hey, Lou Bob's, how you doing? See what his reaction is. I punch you in the freaking face. All right. That was the case, you know, but so Lewis Robert last year was getting drafted where Th- third round. He was, he had third round helium by the time drafts came. That guy didn't have one single at bat, you know, in the major leagues. And it was acknowledged that he had holes in his swing. Right. And he had just hit 30 homers in the minors. He had none the year before. Right. So people draft and last year, if he drafted him there, Okay, great. He disappointed a little bit, but he still gave you how many bags, how many homers, and whatever. He's only going to take a step up. Arozarena's coming into this season on absolute fire. The guy proved it, you know, for how many games in the majors. So I don't know why people are so worried about the guy. Okay, maybe he won't, you know, but how many the, the projection systems, everyone's I've seen, he's one of only the five five players that are going to, they're projected to hit have 30 homers and 30 bags, right? So if you get somewhere near that vicinity and decent bat, why, why, that's not a bad pick there. I don't, I don't think you're going to go wrong with that pick. Uh, at all and i don't see how he's going to be sitting start the year for the you know tampa bay does a lot of crazy crap with their lineup but you're going to really you're really going to put spend a lot of time putting rosarena on your bench so i i'm i'm all in for that pick i think uh, people that are in the know are do you do you shy away like so i've got issues with tampa bay i mean everyone i mean unless you're like tetsugo who's going to be late and i kind of like him for a high power upside maybe and just kind of adjusting the second year um i like you just just what you just said like tampa bay does weird stuff man and oakland does it too and I tend to stay away from a lot of Tampa Bay and Oakland players because I just can't take it. Um, 
Are you play the same way? Are you, do, you, do you have those same kind of worries? Yeah, it depends on the player, man. I mean, you know, someone's got to play every day. I mean, right? There are certain. Do they? It seems like they rotate everybody. Yeah, talented like, players. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to rotate. If Austin Meadows is doing well, you're going to take him out of lineup every day. If Rosarina is tearing up, you're going to take him out of lineup every single day. You know, to do matchups for your secondary uh, and tertiary guys. I don't think so. Pitching is one thing. Hitting is another story, right? So I, I just think they'll do more more tendency to screw with the pitching than they will the hitting. But hey, you know what? Look, any, any there's, there's always risk involved, man. Every pick you take, there's risk. How many how many guys in the early rounds bust DVR every single year, right? You know, if I if I look back on my drafts last year where I won and did well, you know, I I, I could say I didn't win because of my first three or four picks all the time. It was like you, you hit gold in the middle rounds, you know, and hitting a Voigt or a Grisham and a you know and a Seager back to back to back in the middle rounds last year. That was a that was a boom. I wouldn't go okay, oh wow. You know, because even and there was guys last year that busted early on. So yeah, could he bust? Sure, but still can anybody. And if you want to, if you want to put bust potential, I, I'd bet more on judge busting than a Rosarena. You know, I mean, I, that's just fact, right? What's a judge bust to you? Is a judge bust an injury bust where he only plays, you know, gets two hundred and seventy-five, three hundred at bats? Because the, I mean, you can't worry like in that small sample. Like the talent's there, right? It's just the bust is the injury. Yeah, exactly. It's not the. It's not that the talent's not there. I mean, same thing with Stanton. I mean, it's not that the talent is when he hits the freaking ball. It's just a, it's like you know crazy. But it's a matter. Can these can these guys stay on the field? You know, and in in this in this this era, baseball players. I mean, the most fragile you know athletes around. They give everybody a day off. I, I go back to the good old days. I mean, you think about these guys, the legendary players like Lou Gehrig said he used to play with broken bones in his hand you know, at this point, right? Guy gets a hangnail now. He's out for a month. It's like, it's like, come on, man, or a blister. So it's a whole different era, man. They're going to protect these players and, you know, not going to, he's not going to play. So I, I don't see him saying on the field that he could. And if he does, right. But maybe, I think maybe his best year he had is, I think he made it had his career year already. Right, it might have been his might have been his rookie with that year. He that was his rookie year, right? That he went insane. So who knows? So uh, I, I just like I said, I don't think I think DVR knows he's in one hundred percent agreement that Judge was a bad pick, right there. So. <laughs> That's because DVR is in a Rosarena guy, yeah. though. No, the other thing that made me do it in the moment too is that Tatis and Albies are both going to run. I had two hitters already that were going to get bags, and if I thought part of the appeal with the Rosarena was another boost in stolen bases. I didn't necessarily need steals as much as I needed a big boost in power because Albies is not going to hit more than 25 homers. I just don't see that coming from him. And Tatis, I mean, sure, he's awesome. doesn't matter. 30, 35 plus with bags, that's great. But a big home run bat there actually made sense because I felt like my first two picks did actually bring enough speed. The early round question I have for you, this was a draft where you went Yelich, Bichette, Devers, like you said, three hitters up top. We're not seeing a lot of people comfortable doing that. We're seeing a lot of people jam in two pitchers in the first three rounds in some cases, at least two in the first four or five rounds. You ended up with Glasnell, Valdez, Aroldis Chapman, and Urias. So four through seven, all pitchers. Glasnell, I don't think there's any debate about the talent. It just comes down to whether or not he stays healthy. If he gets a third pitch, he could be a top five starting pitcher. I think that's within the range. But Valdez... He's another guy, kind of like a Rosarena, did it in a shortened season. At least he was out there all year. Everything looks pretty good under the surface. It's just hard for me to trust him as an SP2, to trust him inside the top 75. So what is it about Valdez that gives you some confidence that he can deliver at that elevated price tag? Well, look, first of all, you know, you have to adjust when the draft gives you. I, I didn't want to have 12 was not my choice to where that's like that. That's a rough area this year, I think. I don't want to be between like, 10 and 12, 13, that area. It's a, it's a rough call and, and where these pitchers went. So you have to get creative like this. So am I, am I going to like just jump pitchers that I don't really want to jump, you know, there, or, or if I, like in that case, I want to Bichette in the second there. 
Um, so, you know, I passed on maybe a NOLA or a Bueller, you know, whatever. So in that case, by the time th- round three rolls around, you know, all right, well, I'm not going to just push somebody up to take of pushing you up. So I'm going to, I'm going to mine for pitchers that I think have the breakout potential. I mean, I may not do this in a, in a main event and, uh, and go this route partic- particular, but for this type of draft, why not? Cause you can build later. I'm confident in my, in my ability to pick up, you know, potential breakout starters later. So you take a glass now who at that point had the biggest upside talent in the fourth round. Like you said, he learns how to, I think a lot of us also learning how to pitch, you know, guys can get by on less than, you know, three, um, less than three pitches, but it's like, you watch the guy pitches. Like if this guy, this dude could just learn how to pitch, man, it's like six. And cause in the innings he does and he's on, he's unhittable. It, it, it just, it's just crazy what he can do. I mean, uh, in the 14, was it 14 K per nine, some crazy number like that. It was just, it's just sick. You know, I think, you know, one of the high capers, highest K percentage. So it just see the guy pitch. It's just frustrating, infuriating as all hell, you know, and then put him on Tampa, on Tampa. Well, okay, we'll yank him four and two thirds. He's out. Right. You know, kind of thing. So, but if he just takes that next step, forget it. And then Valdez, few things, you know, and I look, all the skills took a nice jump. You know, I mean, the, uh, the K percent went up, the ground ball is percent is elite that's out there. Now we're going into a, the quote unquote dead ball year of the new ball potentially. So that ball. Oh, and the five new humidors. Yeah. The five new humidors, dead ball potential, you know, and, uh, and um, I'd rather grab a guy on the way up. I think maybe on the way up for Valdez and, uh, and more than anything else, just to let you know, the inside scoop is he has the Lindy Hinkleman seal of approval. So that's all you need to know. Okay. <laughs> so once Lindy, you know, I, I, the thing about me over the years, I, I must have about 500 NFBC uh, players in my cell phone. You know, I have contacts because I know them for over the years. So I'm always like in communication with different players, you know, guys in here. And, and, you know, I always glean some bits of information. And like, and so when I took Valdez in one draft that Lindy was in, he's like, oh, Valdez, hey, question mark. You know, I said, yeah, why? He's like, oh, yeah, I would think. So when Lindy gives the approval there, you know that he's, he's on to something. So for fans out there listening, <laughs> Lindy now will never get Vermba Valdez any draft he's in. Thanks, thanks to me. <laughs> that's all you need to know, DVR. Screw the analysts. Screw what everybody else is say. If Hinkleman's picking them, you know that's all you need to know. For those of you who don't know, Lindy Hinkleman is a. Uh, it's it's it, he's not a pig farm. I mean, he owns like pig farm. He's he's like a one of the winningest, if not the winningest, fantasy baseball high stakes players in the entire world, which puts him up there as probably the best fantasy baseball player ever. Well, he is a, he is a retired pig farmer now. So retired uh, pig farmer. Yeah, he's a, so he just sits in his barn all now and, and watches games and drafts. That's, that's, that's what I endeavor to do. I'll sit in my garage and just draft and find us a fantasy baseball every day. So, you know, but he won the, he's, this guy's won the main event uh, twice. You know, when you win the over the main event twice in, you know, in, in, that's like a pretty amazing feat against several hundred of the top players in the world to do it two times, you know, too. And you're, he's also an FPC hall of famer. So again, great guy uh, knows his stuff. And, uh, you know, you, you, those are the guys you want to see. What are they doing? Who are they on? Right. Unless he's messing with you, Mike, unless he's messing with you. I don't think Lindy needs to throw me off any of his picks. <laughs> Lindy won the overall for the main and for the online. Oh yeah, championship I forgot that little part. Season. I forgot that little. And the, the online championships an even bigger field because it's a smaller entry fee. It's, it, it's insane. Lindy is enough of a reason to draft a player. There, there's like nobody else in the world where you can just be like, oh yeah, Lindy likes that guy, and everybody else will just go, okay, he's good. In the same year, he won that year. So you're talking you, that was a double win in the same year. So you won the combo uh, of those uh, as well in the same year. So, so this is turning to the Lindy Hinkleman show. Yeah, we're going to bring on Lindy uh, in about five minutes. Thanks, Mike. We're texting him right now. (laughs) Hey, we got the wrong guy. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Hey, I, Mike, I want to ask you a question. Where you talked about, because, you know, I play like this, uh, and I'm just a strategy question. You said, like, I, you know, I'm not going to jump a guy because I don't want him. You know, like, I, like if, I'm, if the pitcher's not there for me, I'm, I'm not going to take him. Um, and then you're going to build it up later. Like, do you look at that more like in, in you know, in the, around 16 to 25, you're going to take some of these high upside, you know, maybe they'll throw 140 innings youngsters. Um, or are you looking more like, or maybe this is a combination of both, or maybe this is too granular, but like, you know, in, in rounds 30 through 50, because the draft champions, you get a ton of picks. Like you go super deep and you can really take, you know, like uh, Michael Bauman, you know, you can take a shot on like a, an Orioles guy who's very close. How do you build up if you don't take it early? Are you thinking, let me get a few guys in the middle rounds or let me just attack the crap out of it very late and just pick like five or six borderline starters and hope one of them hits? So for those of you listening to get fantasy baseball advice on this show, uh, do never take a Baltimore Orioles pitcher, period. (laughs) He's the first guy I can think of. Yeah, First of all, especially late, okay? It's bad enough taking one earlier in the draft, let alone mining for a Baltimore Orioles pitcher that may break. When's the last time that happened? Steven Gonzalez, Steven, uh, Steven Gonsalves, uh, cl- could make the Red Sox rotation. Would you shoot him like at like 48? No, no. I'm, look, I'm, trying, I'm looking at this thing that you that DVR posted here. You posted your, 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 your end of the draft and whole end, your, your draft and whole end game here, right? right? Don't dodge the question, Mike. Right. You know, and all, all I could think of when I looked at this is like, you know, you, the idea of dra- you don't go out to your garage, right, and pull like the baseball cards out of your spokes of your bike and say, I'll draft these guys. That's not- <laughs> these guys are amazing. <laughs> this end game is amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I like, no, I mean, I don't think you're going to find, look, when you're talking around 30 to, you know, 50 or whatever it is, you're, you're going to look for guys that are going to come up um, in the season, you know, younger guys, and hopefully you have those, you know, those breakout performances, like a Soroka, you know, like years ago when he came up or, you know, or something like that. I hope you're hitting striking gold and one of those guys. There's a bunch of those guys this year. But by the teens, I would say in, in one of these high stakes leagues, if you really want to get a guy who's going to get some innings in, from probably from the get, you're gonna have to get him probably in the teens. That's what I would say. It, so I'm like, yeah, if because like uh, some people might just get sniped or like they might be in a draft, and this is even speaking to like regular drafts where the, all all of your league mates might have read the same article. Uh, you know, say you're playing on ESPN and Eric Carabel wrote an article about how you got to go pitching early, and everyone knocks the pitchers off the board, and you're like, well, I'm screwed. I'm just gonna all these bats are falling to me. Let me get bats in the first three or four rounds, and then switch to pitchers. You know, round six, seven, eight, nine, and start attacking there. Um, but when you still you still got to make up some pitchers, you know you got to hit a certain number of strikeouts, certain ERA, certain WHIP. Um, that's all I wanted. Like, how do you make up for something like that if the start of the draft guys you don't like or, or guys who are being sniped left and right from you? Well, sometimes you don't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing too. Sometimes you're screwed, especially in these jets when you're when you're playing against. It depends on the kind of competition you are, right? You know, so you you know you have to read the room, see who's at your table. I mean, I know the players. I know what I'm sitting down to. I can tell. You know, there's different levels of competition at the table. You know, when you go in there, and where I might take a risk in letting a guy go a couple more rounds, I don't mean I have to jump him as much, but then I'll know 
hey, look, I drafted with this guy four or five times in the preseason, and he's all over this dude, and I do know, and I do remember that. So I'm going to jump him now. I mean, and that, that's that's game gamesmanship. You do you do that. You do that. You know, unlike poker, you know, when you have the luck of the draw with the cards, right? A lot of times you have some control over your picks here in this draft, and you know who your competition are, and uh, you just grab them, you know, and you just go for it. And you know, at that point, because there are times, and remember, you are in the NFBC too. If you're playing a main event. You're trying for the overall. I mean, at least I draft all my my main event teams, not just trying to win the league. You know, I try to I try. I'm looking for a ticket to try to win the overall event in four or five main events that I'll do. So I'm not just going to go in and just try to win the league because if you're trying to do that, you can get away with like you know maybe a punting saves or you you know you're starting pitching you're a little weak in some areas and whatever. And that's fine. You have some good you have some good showings. You might win the league, but you're not going to win the overall like that, right? So you have to have a balanced team. And you really have to go at it from that approach, you know, as much as you might say, oh, I really want this guy right now. That's the whole, the best, the hardest thing I had to learn over the years. And I'm a, and I'm a disciplined guy, you know, as a, uh, as a former competitive natural bodybuilder and diet and my diets and my training and everything else from years ago, you know, but the, the discipline thing of just like, oh, the urge, I want to grab this guy right now, but you know, you really need to, I got to get a closer here. You know, I got, I got to take this gig. You just got to let the guy go as much as the guy's falling to you. You just have to be willing to let some guys go. And say, wait a minute, let's look at my team construction right now. Is this going to be a good move? And what are the chances of, of, of a guy coming back to me that's going to fill that need? I got to take this guy. And that's what makes snake drafts so difficult. I, th- I have to, you know, people say, uh, oh, it's, you know, you know, uh, auctions and everything else. I, I just think snake drafts are much harder. I've done auctions. I'm not a big, I'm not, I know people love auctions. I'm not a gigantic fan because I don't have the patience. I'm not wired to sit there for five hours and you look at my personality, you know, uh, to do that whole thing, go back and forth. I mean, I know why people love it. But but snake drafts, I think, are much harder because you can go in with a plan and your plan could be done in a round or, or two or three rounds. And you're done. Right. OK, shift time. Time to go plan B, C, D, E, you know, and whatever in these leagues. And I think it's a much harder format to be able to be successful in a snake draft. Uh, DVR, I jumped I jumped ahead of uh, you had some more MTM questions. I know. By the way, Mike, the mouth, Godfather NFBC. Let's get into a thousand. You're at seven something right now. We should get you at a thousand. You deserve it. Oh, come on, man. I, I mean, I should be obviously I'm, I am also the most interesting man in the NFBC as well, too. I have a diverse background, many adventures in my life, many great stories that I like to tell that are all true uh, in my life. So, you know, it, <laughs> I don't know if you have to put that disclaimer in there. I'm going to guess some of them, <laughs> some of them aren't. I, I, I would venture to say if you spend a, a few hours, but why don't, why don't we hang out more now? Though? I mean, you don't you from New York? Aren't you from New York? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in West New York, New Jersey. So why you you don't give me away? We don't have each other's cell. I have DVR cell phone now, which is the worst mistake he ever made in his life. But you know, I you, <laughs> you, you, I don't have your cell phone now. You DM me your cell, and then we could just get together so and hang out. Yeah, DL DM you my cell phone. So it'll be it'll be it'll be good times, man. We'll talk we'll talk all my my. I tell you, if I I could do a three hour show of just what I did in my life, you, you'd be amazed if I told you half the stories. Well, tell you what, you want to Google Google Mike. Uh, a lot of stuff shows up, man. It's very interesting. It is very interesting. I would, I would say that, man. Like the whole, the dental stuff. That's, I think I find that fascinating. And then your bio on that page that talks about the book and then the movie deal off the book and then just like a bunch of other stuff. Well, there's a separate movie deal that we haven't talked about yet that we want to get to in the show. I hope so. I mean, cause I know Ian is involved in Hollywood, which is, I really, and, uh, but I had, a, as a movie producer, I had a movie. I worked it back in the, um, back in the eighties, back way back in the good old, on the heyday of movies. And I am the movie's 80s movie expert because I've seen every 80s movie that's worth seeing about 100 times over the years because I worked in a movie theater back in the day. It was my, one of the best jobs I've ever had. And, uh, and I just give you an idea, Nando, the, the, one of the top movies that came out the summer that I was there, a couple summers, was uh, Top Gun. Okay, so you want right. to you want to put my age in perspective that, you know, that, that's I was a, I was a late teenager in college, when Top Gun came out. OK, so uh, and, uh, and and these are these are the, these are great times, man. And, and, and people don't know this. 
they, they, the recruiters, the military recruiters used to have a, uh, a table set up in the lobby. So when people come out of that movie, they recruit people to get you all pumped <laughs> all up. All fired up. I, I'm not kidding you. I'm like, this is freaking crazy. They had, they, they, the Navy had a, a recruiting booth sitting out there in the lobby. So people would come out. This is great. Yeah, need for speed, man. You know, get a sign. I don't know how many guys they recruited out of Top Gun, but that's what they used to do, you know. <laughs> And, uh, but we used to do like, when I used to, with the ushers, we used to do there. I mean, we used to like, we all had sunglasses and, you know, you know, the, the classic scene in Top Gun, probably a movie DVR has not seen, right? Have you seen Top Gun DVR? I've seen Top Gun. Oh, great, great. At least you've seen that one. So I know he hasn't seen many of the classics. <laughs> DVR used to run a uh, GeoCities website dedicated to Kelly McGillis, I think. Oh, he did? Yeah, is that right? Geo- Come on, man. GeoCities <laughs> is my era, but no. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, Vado? That's way over, whatever I had. But the, but the thing is, we, what we used to do, we had these, my, my buddies would all work. I got them all jobs at theater. And I was the head of, I was the head of, this, of ushers that was there, chief of staff of ushers. Great job at the time when they had ushers in a movie theater. This is what the flashlights going around. That was the days they had ushers that did something in the theater, you know? So my, a buddy of mine wrote a script called Multiplexing, which is actually about like Animal House in a movie theater, which is a kind of all based on all the crazy stuff we did in the movies back then. And uh, I wanted Ian to star in it. And uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you guys all a steak if Ian does the movie. So uh, we had a lot of great oh, time. Right. So uh, we can all do big parts of the movie. Ian, Ian, Ian would be the, the manager. He'd be awesome in the movie. And I, this is legit. We had, like, major people attached to it. I don't know if you, if you know Savage Steve Holland. He did Better Off Dead in One Crazy Summer. He was going to direct the movie. Came close to doing it. Um, Danielle Panabaker, she was in The Flash. I don't know if he's in the TV show The Flash. John Hader was in it. We're going to do it. He was in Napoleon Dynamite and Blades of Glory. He, he, I, had a, I, I talked to him on the phone. It was really cool. He's a really cool dude. Hillary Duff wanted to know who else was in it. We have like Taylor Negron. I think you remember Taylor Negron. He was uh, he passed away recently, unfortunately. He was Mr. Pizza Guy in uh, uh, Fast Times Ridgemont High. Did a the last Boy Scout. He was one of the uh, the the here. He was in that Johnny Johnny Galecki of Big Bang Theory was looking at it. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider wanted like a half million dollars for a three million dollar budget movie, and we said pass. You know, he wanted to be the star of the movie uh, at the time. So it got pretty far in Hollywood. It got it got uh, we just never you know getting movies done now must have. But I know Ian who's got connections in Hollywood, we'll get this movie done and it'll be a good time. And we'll, we'll give it, we'll all do cameos in the, in the movie. So I think that's, we should, well, you know, here's a good, here's a good test to see if he listens to the show when he's not on it. Yeah. Ian hit up Mike the mouth. Yeah. We'll see. I'll th- if I get up, I get a little, a uh, little DM from him saying, Hey, let's do this movie. Let's talk movie. Uh, that'll be great. Bring it to his people. So that's, that's my movie angle. I can't see how he wouldn't DM you at this point now. It'd just be, I mean, they'd be rude. I think if he doesn't, yeah. right? Well, you know these Hollywood types, man. They have a tendency to be a little big, you know, the ego and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't get that from me. And I think he, he always sounds like a really cool, down to earth kind of guy, like a really great guy they want to hang around with. You know, good man, family man. So I think you know, why, why not? Why not? Why not give a guy a shot? And give him a buddy. Well, he big time. He big time. This show. I mean, you know. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So anyway. <laughs> All right, Ian. It's on you now, man. And the people are gonna expect updates. So, I'll be back. <laughs> so do, I, do I DVR? I'll be back on a reg, regular appearance now. I'm going to be on, uh, you know, throughout the baseball season on a semi regular basis, right? DVR is like, <laughs> no, shaking his head, no. Oh, we, we still got 20 minutes to go. So, we'll, we'll 20, see. Uh, that's it. <laughs> a, lot could happen, a lot could go wrong in 20 minutes. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, quite a bit could still go wrong. Mike, I still, I still think you should do a show with, uh, with War Dog, man. I think that'd be a good show. I think you two would play off each other pretty well. You think so? Yeah, you're both high stakes guys. Why not? Yeah, too, I don't know. If, you know, you want you want to have, you want to have conflicting personalities. I think it'd be better. You know, people that are the same. You know what I mean? So I think uh, aren't you a little conflicted? Yeah, but I mean, that's. I think there would be a lot of conflict. I assume you disagree on a bunch of players. Yeah, well, straight. I thought you know, if I was players, just like you need a straight man. You need a good straight man. See, DVR would be a good partner for me because he's a straight man. 
you know, too. So I, I did a podcast, like a, a comedy podcast back in the day. You know, that's what I almost got kicked out of college for. As a matter of fact, I, I was uh, I was I was almost booted out of college. I was brought I was brought up on charges for human rights violations back then. Think about that. How many of you can say on your college record that you were brought up in, in front of the judicial board for human rights violations? It sounds pretty severe, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> From comedy. Yeah, for a cop, for a cop. Think about that. You want to talk about, <laughs> think about that? It was a little, little rough. That I'll never forget. I was, I was a subject of the longest judicial board trial in the history of my college. So it was, it was a great, great time back then. You should know. My parents are very proud. Uh, back in the day when that happened, but uh, thank God, thank God for the First Amendment because I, I dodged that bullet big time at that time. But I told you, see, you, I, the most interesting man, I could tell you a hundred stories you would never believe any of them. Every one of them was true. Thankfully, all those records burned in a fire late, about uh, several years later. Oh, <laughs> a mysterious fire. A mysterious fire that I had nothing to do with whatsoever. But uh, in, the, in the university, so all those records of the tapes of that thing are gone. So uh, the whole thing, Bur lost for good. So, uh, but that, but all that is all true, by the way. That is all true. I think I could believe that. I believe we could play. We could believe it or not, if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't tell. You'd never get it right. I know. So, all right. Yeah. I think. I think you did ride you know, between two camels once, like Jean Claude Van Damme in that uh, commercial. Yeah, I can see that. True. Um, uh, DVR, you want to hit the the end game of your MTM draft? Do you want to bounce around a little bit? Do you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know, Alejandro Kirk, Ty France. Yeah, let's get some broader stuff in here, right? No, just be long. It was under the radar for broader stuff. Wait, you're skipping. You did, 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 that, that didn't make the top ten. Alejandro Kirk. There was like. 10. Well, it did when it was written. Yeah, the way it was written. And then when it was edited, <laughs> it somehow made it to the section that says we're never going to get to this. As, a lot as, of as, editing as, as, on the show. In post production, I can only imagine what this show's gonna be shot down to. By the time DVR is gonna get out, he's gonna take a couple of aspirin. He's gonna be grabbing his head, going, "I gotta edit this disaster today, whatever." So come on. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be Welcome Under the Radar, award-winning Derek Van Riper. Thanks for joining us, everybody. That's <laughs> it was nice knowing you, DVR. Great job. And, uh, can you, what's what's going to happen when management listens to the show and they call DVR into the office, you know, after they listen to the show? Uh, they'll say, hey, thanks for having such a great guy on the show. They're going to call, hey, DVR, did Ian ever, uh, did he ever call Mike? <laughs> That's the conversation. Yeah, that'll be the question I get at the end of the week. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, fine. Well, let's go broad and talk David Price. How about how's that for broad and boring? <laughs> What's your question? Are we going to stay away from a bunch of the Dodgers because they're obviously? I mean, they got to have a six-man rotation, right? Or at least bring guys in and out. Where the, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to hit. Maybe Bauer because he'll cry about it. But like, who else is going to hit 170 innings? The, looking at looking at DVR's draft board now. I mean, I, I I liken his drafting style to, you know, uh, Miguel Sano. There's a lot of swing and miss in his game. Okay, that's that's what it, <laughs> when you look at his uh, 
when he's read his draft, uh, you know, because he starts to fall apart. You know, you're, you're taking all these big risks. You took, you went judge. Then you go back with Sonny Gray, who I am not 100% convinced with is going to be, you know, do you think he's going to put back those 2019 numbers again? Yeah, that one huge year. You think he's going to be back to where he was? I don't know, man. Then he had those blobs toward the end of the year. There's a reason why the Reds are trying to unload him a little bit. They want to get off that train uh, before it goes off the tracks completely. I'm not sure about Sonny Gray. Reds change pitching coaches too. I don't, I don't see him going back to that level. And you're not, you're, you're down average. Yeah. Guy's a masher. I mean, if he hits, he's back to himself again. And he, that's a 300, you know, 30, 35 guy. It's phenomenal. But, you know, DH and, you know, uh, yeah, he's running on a treadmill, whatever. I want to see it. You know, I mean, I, I did. So you got that. Then you got Chris Bryant, another, another boomer bust guy. And then you back up two of my favorite players ever of, 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 uh, of David Price and Josh Donaldson. You know, I mean, you, you're just asking for you're asking for DVR with these picks. You're just asking for it. I mean, David Price, he's another industry darling. I don't get what, what do you guys all go to the same club, you know, and just talk these guys up and say, hey, we're going to go talk about these same players out. on. on I don't know. You know, uh, I don't like David Price. Don't lump me in with them. He's 30. He's 35. Going to be 36 years old. The guy took the year off. He may take the year off again. Right, he was on the decline beforehand. What's he's going to be on a not pitch? It may be a six-man rotation. What's the what's the what are you looking for 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 David Price at that point? What's going to happen with him? I'm looking for a high three ZRA, good whip, good strikeout rate. It was it was there in 2019 before the injury ended that season on him. He was pitching really well in his last season in Boston, so I was really excited about him going into last year. Obviously, ended up opting out. We didn't get to see him pitch at all. How those guys all come back, guys that didn't pitch last year, is really a big question. Are they going to come back more refreshed than the guys that ramped up, stopped, ramped up, went through the season? I really don't know. The problem here, I mean, this was a month ago. This was before Bauer was there. I think now that Bauer is there, it does impact other members of the rotation just because Bauer is going to start every fifth day. Kershaw is going to start every fifth day as long as he's healthy. Bueller's going to start every fifth day. They can mess around with Urias. They can mess around with Price. They can mix in Gonsolin and May. Gonsolin and May, of course, lose their spots right now. So even if it's like a secondary sort of downgrade, it's still a downgrade for Price having Bauer there just because the workload has to come down compared to where it would have been when I drafted him. Uh, it's just belief in the skills in general, though. Long track record of being a very good pitcher. I always end up with one or two guys like that every single time. I think at the generally healthy end, we'll say, David Price. At the always broken end, James Paxton. Like One or one of those guys ends up on my teams every single draft, and I, I can't help myself. I can't stop because the projections are so good. Like Paxton, Paxton's projections are so good that he could have forearm injuries five years running and a back injury, and I'll look at it and go, oh, that projection's so good. That's the problem with you guys in the industry, man. It's too much projections and not enough reality, all right, at this point. How, many, how has that served you in the NFB, NFBC main event? How many main events are you going to do this year, DVR? One. What, Nando, how many NFBC main events are you going to do this year? Oh, zero, man. I don't have that kind of money. Oh, come I on, bro. Kid. I can't make it. Come on, man. I got, I got baby clothes to buy. I'll send you some baby clothes. Go- I mean, my- I'm in draft champions. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot. Of, I got a lot. Of, so, I mean, look, you could at least do this. Do one this year. When I, when I, when I put up my special promo code, I'm, I'm going to be put up put up some money for you. Take advantage of that code. You can use it and, and get at least one main event team this year. You have to. You're do not it. you're not buying teams though, right? You're giving like it's like a Mike the Mouth discount. Right? Exactly, but it's still it's still money is not coming out of your pocket if that's the case. So well, that's true. You, you know, at this point, but uh, but so, so let me ask you a question, DVR. I'm going to put it right out to you. Who would you rather have? Who's going to have a better year and put up better numbers by the end of the year? Who would you rather have? Would you rather have David Price or Dustin May? 
I'd actually take Price over May for 2021 only. This is why you will not win, okay? And, you know, <laughs> all right, because you again chose the wrong player. Right? I mean, Dustin May, okay, is a tweak away from being like dominant, right? And if he and if he makes that adjustment, right, and, and the strikeout rate matches up with his stuff, right, putting the way putting guys away, then you think gonna he's not gonna pitch? That guy's gonna put a. I I would say I'll bet you even if he doesn't start. You know, as much a you know a full contingent of stars this year, he will finish the year with, with better numbers than David Price. I'm going to go out there and say that right now, by far. Hey, can I? I mean, like, I would even go. Can't you just say like Logan Allen or David Price? Like, because it seems like those are two pitchers heading in totally different directions. You know what I mean? Like, they're. Do you want the guy who's old and is kind of whatever, or do you want the guy who's probably going to start for the Indians and has been a you know a top minor leaguer for a while? Well, top ranked minor leaguer. Where, where do you get these players from, Nando? You have not mentioned, you have not mentioned a single player that I would even consider drafting yet in this entire in this entire show. <laughs> so you're saying you'll take David Price over Logan Allen? It'd be different say if he, if he said Cal Quantrill maybe, right? Uh, but he says Logan Allen. You know, that's what you came up with is Logan Allen. What's the difference between Logan Allen and Cal Quantrill? Really? One's really good. Cal Quantrill's good. <laughs> that's the difference. One sucks and one doesn't, okay? <laughs> Logan Allen is All right, hey, look, we could talk about this no, no, maybe, in, you in our DMs. maybe you shouldn't take a main event team, right? And put that money out there. Maybe <laughs> no, Vicaro, sponsor me. <laughs> go partner with Vicaro again. Help you out. <laughs> I think Vicaro, I think I'm just going to get a bunch of emojis that, you know, that the hand slap on the forehead from Vicaro after he listens to this. <laughs> yeah. Vicaro who's drafting, you know, drafting kickers for his, his uh, baseball team, you know, wondering why he can't get them. So, but um, yeah, but I, I'm just gonna say, I, I just, I, I mean, price. And look, the other thing is the mental aspect of these players too. You have to go deep in some of these guys. I mean, some of these like Syndergaard, you know, guys got all the talent in the world. But he's a freaking head case, man. The guy's a head case, right? He's got, he's, he's just a head case. He's got a problem going on right there, you know. And and I get, I want to, I want to draft the guys. I'm Mets man too. And now coming off of you know, you know, uh, Tommy John, forget it. Right this year, but still, you know, and then you got a guy like Price, you know, he, he you know, younger, still relatively young, opts out of the season. He's thinking, he's talked about before the season even starts, opting out again. What is he, what is he playing for at this stage of the game? Or a guy who's got like one foot in retirement and went out the door like a Charlie Morton. You know, he see all these industries, oh, I'm jumping all over Charlie Morton. Yeah, you are. I mean, he, he, this is his last year. He's got his millions. What does he care at that stage of the game? Can't you say Price like looked at like a year with a prorated salary? Um, and just be like, hey, this is my shot to like rest my arm for a year and then come back and pitch another three seasons instead of grinding out a 60-game season that might or might not like end. Rest his arm, I was to tell you. You, 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 you. you have to rest your arm. How good is he going to do over the course of the season? Hey, you know, people need a vacation every now and then. Yeah, right. Yeah, so do I. And I, I wish I had that ability to just take that time off. Well, let's take the year off. Well, he gave up what? That's $12 million he gave up by not pitching last year, exactly. too, you know? Yeah. That's why you can't take a year off, Nando. It'd be like you know, five hundred bucks if you took a year off. I know I can't. I can't mess with that. Okay, I, I take I take my week off around Christmas. Now how much does the athletic pay, DB? I, I start their hiring. Is there is there a job for me at the athletic? What do you think? Can I can I get a job? Or what if I have my own, you know show on the athletic? Maybe you should go there and pitch a show that you're going to add MTM to the lineup at the, at the athletic. So what do you what do you think? You put the good word in for me for corporate or no? yeah, DVR, Will you do that? Yeah, I'll give that a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll last until, the, until we're off the air. That's all over. <laughs> uh, Mike, we uh, we got to wrap it up. Actually, we got to go. We we hit the we hit our we hit our bottom of the hour hard out. We do have four minutes, so if there's anything you want to throw in there very quickly, feel free. That's it, DVR. You for, I, th- I thought I was going to get the bonus twenty minutes today. No, I got. I'm only getting. Uh, you got me up at this hour of the morning to do the show. I got. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the hard stop at this point. <laughs> where, where, where do you live in Hawaii? 
Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a night person, man. I'm a, I'm a late guy. You know, I, mean, I, I have to be. I have to be up late. You know, that's my that's my that's my you know, my drafting time, and to be able to cover the whole country, I'm up late East Coast time. You know, but uh, but anyway, the, the thing I want to talk about is the is the is the big promo code. If you go to the NFPC, I, I've set up money in my account, which they're going to take out, and this is a limited time offer. It's a hundred bucks off every main event team if you put in MTM Athletic. That's the promo code. If you go to MTM Athletic when you go to checkout at the NFBC um, to uh, get a main event team this year, you will get 100 bucks off coming out of my pocket. And that's until the money runs out because I am independently wealthy and a filthy miser. So I put this money aside and I have but people will drain that account and uh, it's on the account right now and it comes out of my account. So uh, that's, that, that is a bold move, wouldn't you say, DVR? That is a bold move. Okay, Mondo. I would say creating a promo code and dropping it on the on the podcast like that with the athletic in there is very bold. <laughs> I, I, what do you think? I think that, is that pretty cool? Pretty cool, or, or what? You know, I think I think it's nice the NFBC to do that, guys. It's good promo for you guys. It's going to drive more guys to the NFB. I mean, because people should. If you guys compete in the competition, all kidding aside, right, Derek and and Fernando, it's a great competition. You know, and those guys do a great. I love job. it. And we yeah. use actually we did we did a cut line with them for all of our subscribers last year, which we we'll probably do. I mean, I assume we'll do it again this year because it was fun. Like cut lines. My favorite format in the whole, like, you don't have to do anything during the season. I'm a big Cutline fan. Uh, I think we had a ton of people play at NFBC. So you're, you're talking to people who, who know what it is. So maybe yeah. they'll take your money. Take yeah. Mike's money. Take my money. And if you're in my draft, I might, I, if you end up in my draft, I might even bump it up to 200. Well, because I, especially if it's your, if you're an industry guy, I'd love to see. Why? Because it's going to come back to you. Is that is that the thinking? It's gonna, yeah, because it's going to come back to my pocket. <laughs> it's gonna right back your pocket. I'm just going to take the promo code right now. If it's 200, I mean, geez, <laughs> that hey, makes Garrett, an impact. Uh, DVR Athletic uh, use that code gets you the whole thing for free out of his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe try that one first. Let's not confuse people. It's MTM. <laughs> okay, and I, and I don't know how long it's going to run out. I told them I said when you, I gave them a hard cutoff because I, you know, there's only so much money to go around. But if they hear the show and you go sign up, even if you haven't signed up yet, if you're a veteran player, especially if you're a new player, I mean, try it out. Take one main event team, you know, split it five ways. Do do Nando, you know, uh, get partner with Nando. DM him. Uh, and let him, uh, you know, get him with <laughs> and uh, you can get on with him. Sounds like a plan. Uh, I got to run it by my boss, Chris Vaccaro. Make sure that's okay. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Mike the Mouth, for joining us, man. Uh, this is this is awesome uh, and fun. Godfather NFBC on Twitter. We got to go. Sorry about that. It's time. All right, boys. Thanks, man. For the guy who uh, is going to be editing the show all night long, Derek Ramrava. <laughs> yes, thank you, Mike. We appreciate you coming on the show. For the man who wants to introduce the word multiplexing to the rest of the world, Mike the Mouth. Thank you, boys. Uh, good, good times. And uh, looking forward to doing it again sometime soon. Maybe with Ian. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you again next time. Bye. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.